Buenos días, señoras y señores. Bienvenidos a Miami. I think you're right, but since I predicted five goals, I think the other three goals are going to be coming from Emerson. <laughs> Emerson's not going to see the field. If Lassard is back, Emerson is not seeing the field on Saturday. Three days later. Ooh, look, it's a good ball into the middle. It's not intentional. Emerson oh, it's Rodriguez. In. It's Emerson Rodriguez from two goals down. And welcome to another episode of Man in Pink, episode number five. And what a better way to start. I had to give my man Chris his flowers with that intro. Chris, you kind of got that right. Kind of. Close enough. Close enough. You said three goals. It wasn't necessarily three goals, but definitely three points. Yeah, three points for sure. It was the third goal, the most important goal the, of the game. There you go. Sure. So you, got, you got the three right up and down. You got third goal. Three points, and you got your boy Emerson on. You, he was basically that was the first goal he scores for the team. Yes, and it couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, uh, that game was phenomenal. It's it's going to be a lot to cover for sure on that game. Oh, for sure. And, but before we get into that, I felt like it might be necessary to touch just slightly on what happened last night. So let's get that out of the way before we get onto the fun stuff. Last night we had Inter Miami. They hosted Barcelona. I wasn't a fan of this game from the start when they announced it for several reasons. One, because we knew that we're outclassed by one of the best teams in the world. I mean, we're literally in the middle of our third season of existence period. It's in the middle of our season. We're fighting for a playoff spot. And that stadium, although, yes, I understand why everybody's happy that it was a complete sellout. I've never seen that stadium that packed. It was full of Barcelona jerseys left and right. So although, yes, it's great to see that stadium full, am I really happy to see blue and red all over the place when our colors are black and pink? I, th I think that for the sport in the United States, I think it's great to have teams like Barcelona come and play against teams in Inter-Miami. Uh, I mean, in the United States, and especially Inter-Miami for sure, because there's definitely a fandom for soccer down here in South Florida. I just feel like... You know, and I'm not a big fan of 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 soccer overseas. I just don't know enough. I'm I'm learning a little bit about this. Uh, the one thing that I have come to realize is is that fans of soccer outside of the United States are pretty snobby. They are you know? very snobby. They look down upon MLS, and I think that was one of the reasons I, I was most unhappy, not only with the scheduling of the game, but the result is because those snobs now have something to point at. Right, like everybody that went to that game that are Barcelona yeah. fans and have never spent uh, a cent on an MLS ticket or even time to watch a game, they're gonna go to that game and be like, "You see, this is why I don't give MLS a chance." But that's ridiculous to say. That same Barcelona team just beat a couple teams this past season, four or five to zero. That play in La Liga, you had Real Madrid beat Levante five zero just two months ago. So this is something that happens. It's not just because we're MLS. Now, I, I yes, there's a large skill discrepancy of course but yeah but you can't point to that and then talk down upon mls simply because we were outclassed it's so it's completely different you know levels we have the yeah. best team in the world and basically an expansion team well and and my question to you is well i, I want to make a statement first and then i'm going to follow it up with a question because obviously overseas soccer is like king especially in england 
where I, I guess it's, you know, the Premier League is king or whatnot. Um, when it comes to, I guess, what the United States are trying to do, I guess they're trying to get in and be able to make it big. And, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to be big in the United States, like how it is on all the other sports with basketball, with football, with baseball. I mean, and not even baseball. I mean, at this point, baseball, you know, in other countries are, are, are pretty well represented. Well, I, I think soccer is going to be the third biggest sport in this country eventually. But the thing is, how can nothing will touch the NFL? But the thing is, in my eyes, right, if you don't if you can't be able to pull the fans from, you know, from these international teams and say, hey, we need you guys to come and show support so we can grow. And at the same time, obviously, they make more money, they make more revenue, they can offer better money to better players. And in turn, hopefully you're making uh, elite clubs here in MLS which in turn takes away from the nostalgia or what it is in in, in Europe and sorry in all all kinds of other places you know I, I try to think of it as is 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 MLS ever gonna be at the point where European soccer is probably not just because European soccer in each one of those countries for the most part it's the biggest sport and that's just what it is we, we can't you can't expect soccer to ever overtake the NFL. The NFL is king here. More than anything, because it's in such limited quantity that they give it to us. It's almost like crack. Right? Yeah. They give it to us 17 times a year. You you wait for it every Sunday, and then they take it away from you for eight months. And because of that, we're dying for it. So it's never gonna like oversee or overpass the, the NFL. But baseball is, is regressing. Soccer oh, yeah, is gonna sure. overtake baseball in the next decade or so it's going to be I'm, the third biggest sport i mean look i'm happy for the attention that that we received and and i look any in showbiz i guess bad attention is good attention because you're just getting attention anyway i mean i right. i'm happy for it i i hoped that they would score goals at least in miami in the game to at least be able to kind of uh you know grab some of the fans that were there and say hey look you know now i want to come and support the local team you know it was a little embarrassing but i mean what do you expect you're playing a, a pretty elite club in in an in international play look and, and barcelona their second squad is better than most other european teams for sure they had their second squad out there with Memphis to pay the Jordi Alba. Yeah. They put in a bunch of a bunch of stars in the Busquets. second half. They had them playing in the second half when we had teenagers like yes. David Beckham's son and Neville's son that have never played an MLS game. So if the first half was a large gap, the second half, forget about it. It was it was a complete mismatch. But yeah. I'd like to get over that and let's start addressing the good stuff. Yeah, right, let, for let's, sure. Let's get to the good part. And that was this past Saturday when Inter Miami went ahead and they beat Charlotte. Now, it didn't start off in the best of ways. Now, you remember how that game started. Now, yeah. you're, who, who was it that messed up in the beginning of the game? Uh, it was Jean Mota. I mean, that pass was, was just... At, at least at least from the pass itself. Jean Mota was the one with the bad pass, No. Yes, 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 it was. It was him that turned it over. Yeah, he uh, and that's really uncharacteristic of, of him because he's typically a good passer. Um, but yeah, he turned the ball over and uh it was it was it was 
already a wrap after that. I mean, I'm looking no. at the pa- I'm looking at the pass percentage, pass percentages by by the entire team, and John Mota is one of the highest uh, pass percentage completion completers on the team. So it's kind of a shame to be able to see something like that. But I think that goes back to what Phil Neville's been saying in the last couple of press conferences. It feels like they come out with a lack of attention, uh, a lack of, of – uh, they're just sloppy. They're sloppy the first 20, 30 minutes of every game. Yeah. So when that happened, the first 26 seconds – first of all, I've never seen a golden person score that fast. No. I, I wasn't sure if it was some type of record. Apparently it's not. Apparently the Apparently world record is seven not. seconds. It's seven yeah. seconds. I'm not sure how that happened, but – but that happened, and the way that Inter Miami usually starts their games, I thought we were in for a long night. But for the yeah. most part, they dominated that first half. Well, they were very dominant. I mean, on defense, they were pretty. They were pretty stellar. On offense, the one thing I loved is that they kept the pace. They really, really kept the pace high. And I mean, there, there's nothing else that you can ask from a team other than to keep the pace, just keep it going and now, keep pushing. What was rough about that first half is that I felt like Inter Miami basically dominated every aspect of the game. But even eight minutes into the game, they had another chance. If it's not for Drake making that incredible save, I put it up right here, where uh, I forgot this kid's name, Jordy Reyna. Jordy Reyna, he's a beast. Yeah, he is. He should have had a hat trick. I can't believe that's basically the second goal that he scored later on in that half. So, but if not for Drake Callender, it we're down three goals by the time time half. And the crazy part is, is that we dominated that half. Yeah, that's well, that's that is the craziest part. I mean, you're talking about a team that's been dominating the game for the most part, and uh, and and Charlotte ends up getting a couple freebies. I mean, even looking at this right here, where you got you know uh, Jordy Reyna celebrating, uh, uh, I believe it's his second goal. You know, mm-hmm. he he got set up on a cross. He was able to just hang out and curl it right into the goal. I mean, so it's it's like uh, it's like what the announcer said. He curled it into the area where the spider webs are staying. Uh, I don't know if you heard that in the play by play. No, the color commentator said, and and I wish you know. Let me let me just see if he can be able to see if you could hear him. Well, I will tell you that um... where the spiders live, right in that top corner, they ain't living there anymore. I mean, right there. I mean, yeah. where the spiders live, you know, it, that was a perfectly placed goal. And I will tell you, Ben isn't with us today, but he did want me to mention the fact that he's really annoyed with Yedlin. Yedlin was not closing out on a lot of those Jordy yeah. shots or passes. And Yedlin is, is playing really awful, especially Reyna, the way he was playing. If you look back at that, at that goal, Yedlin gave him more than enough space to get that shot off. Well, I think it's dangerous to give a player of that caliber in the MLS so much space. I mean, you could tell just by the way that he's kicking the ball. I mean, he's giving it a different flair than what anybody normally does in in in, in any yeah. MLS game that I've seen. Well, so the first half I felt like we dominated, even though we gave up two goals. It was it was it's the first time I think I go into a half where we're trailing by more than one goal, but I still felt pretty good. And I think you and I, we, we, we go to the games together, and we were talking. We felt we felt pretty good. Yes, we, it we was felt a... like I felt like that was one of the best halves I had seen as far as chances created. Even though we hadn't scored, I felt like we had a good chance to tie the game eventually. 
I think that especially with the play with uh, with Pozuelo that now he he started with us in that game, I feel like he was really quarterbacking, if I could use a, a American football term. You know, that that really, really, you could tell there's just a huge difference. And even on this play right here. Oh, but you know, the, this, this play is, I felt like, the quintessential what we need. If you look, he's on the ball, but he steps on the ball and he waits. He waits for a place to a play to develop. If that's Emerson, if that's just about anyone else, they're rushing through that play. They're yeah. looking for the next play quickly. But he has the poise to look. He steps on the ball. And as he steps on the ball, people aren't stopping waiting and watching. I, I, figured, I, can't, I think it's that's Mota that's cutting in. He saw, okay, I have an opening here. And he cuts into that lane. And without somebody that has the poise on the on the ball like that, you don't have those chances created. And and let me tell you, I think that two things would have happened in this play if there was no Pozuelo. One, they'd rush in for an outside shot, or two, sure. they'd kick it back out to a defender and just try the other side. And, well, and I, let's say hypothetically that was your boy Emerson. I mean, I don't want to trash Emerson too much because he was the hero at the end of this game. Yeah. But if that's Emerson, once he gets to this point, he isn't stop stepping on the ball here. He's running to oh, the touchline and trying to turn it in somehow. Yeah, or he's, he's running through the defender. He's running yeah. through the defender. Yeah, he's he's doing the step over. He's mm -hmm. doing all fancy Nancy stuff. I mean, look, I, I mean, we'll we'll get to a, a good Emerson play later. But now, I mean, we got another play where it was close. Pozuelo's there right next to the goal. Goalie dove. He kicked it back out. And a uh, hell of a shot by, I, be I believe it was Indiana Vasilev. And if you notice back on that play, I'm going to go ahead and rewind it real quick. It was uh, it was a shot by Vasilev, and the defender blocked it. It wasn't even the goalie. That yep, yep. Right yeah, there. Right. Yep. Yeah, the, def that, yeah the, the, the defender's on the goal line. The goalie was out of out of position. That, that should have been a goal. But that was yes. all Pozuelo. Pozuelo created that play. And yeah, I don't he, know. He was don't, a creator. We, before him, we didn't have somebody to create those plays and those opportunities. Well, Swillow well, played one hell of a game. Well, look at the patience. Look at the patience that he had right there, uh, right there at the edge of out of bounds. You know, you're talking about grab, he gets the the lost ball, and then to have the patience to say, even though I have many defenders around me, let me sort of play with it a little bit, hold off on on going on my first reaction see somebody cutting in and kicks it right towards the player that's cutting right in. I mean, it, it couldn't have been done more beautifully. No, man, look, Bosuelo, and I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. I know everybody who's listening to this already knows that we go on to win the game, right? So it's a, no spoiler here. I'm going to jump to the point where we're already up. We're down two to one. But look at this pass by Bosuelo. It was called offside, which, by the way, I don't think was offside. But it was called. It was very close. Very close. It was. But did you see the connection? These two guys just started playing together, but they could already feed off of each other. It was a beautifully placed ball. It landed right in Iguain's lap, and this is what we were talking about last week. Iguain yeah. does not hesitate. No, if yeah. Bryce Duke catches that ball in that position, forget about it. He's he's switching legs. He's, he's positioning his body. It just he doesn't get the shot off, yeah. but so Pozuelo definitely on his debut. Although he didn't technically get an assist, he didn't get a goal, but he definitely made a difference. 
Oh no! So, I mean the the difference is the difference is colossal for sure, and, and what Pozuelo did, and I mean just on that play, it's like I told you before the game, uh, and I don't know if I mentioned it in the last in the last podcast, but the difference that Pozuelo is going to have, especially for Iguain, it's going to be colossal. You know, it's going to be yeah. a hell of a difference. And I wanted to get on. We're not going to. We'll talk about the NYCFC game in a second, but that that's going to be big time also because. I think Campana might have gotten injured in this game, and we'll talk about that in a second. Now, let's get on to the fun stuff. Robert Taylor. Now, I heard Neville. He supposedly talked to Robert Taylor before this game, and he told him, hey, I want you to dribble more. Don't even worry about passing that much. I want you to dribble and create. And Robert Taylor apparently took it and ran with that because did you? that should be goal of the week here in the MLS. Literally and figuratively. I mean, look yes. at this. Look at that play. I mean, he's... The sombrero left. How many, how many defenders is that? I, it looks like three, at least. I, it looks like 10 to me. I don't know. That was <laughs> that was beautiful. That is why I called him Neymar Light, because he, his footwork is phenomenal. And if he starts finishing like that, come on. Listen, I'd prefer him to do that than pass, because to me, he is a brutal passer. But... <sighs> Um, I, I, look, I, I don't know if maybe I just notice it more with Robert Taylor, but Oof, sombrero. Oof. He his passing percentage is eighty one percent. Um, where whereas you have uh, Mota, he's eighty four percent in the team. The highest percentage by an active player with the team is uh, is uh, Indiana Vasilev with eighty five. No, actually, Mabibka with an active player. So, well, you I have guess. to take but into account also. Yeah, I was about to say, you have to take into account also where they play on the field. Mota is usually a, a defending midfielder, so his passes aren't as pressurized or it doesn't have as much pressure on him as much as Robert Taylor does because when he's passing the ball, he's yeah. usually a lot, under a lot more pressure. But um, Robert Taylor gave us a little hope. Oh. And then your boy Iguain finally came through, no? Oh, yeah, man, in a big way. In a huge way. I mean, and, and that's another pass. That was by Gregory, mm-hmm. um, which, I, I mean, there were people that were saying it was offsides. I don't see it. I mean, he timed it so perfectly. No, no, Boom. that was nowhere near right offside. There. No, no, that yeah. was nowhere near offside. Now, the and, Emerson goal, I'll give you. I think that was offside. I think, we, I think what happened there is, you know, when referees in the NBA, they miss a call, so they kind of make it up on the other end? Yeah. I think we might have gotten a makeup on the Emerson because – because that they Iguain took away the Iguain, 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 Iguain yeah. Because yeah. that was an offside. But that Emerson, it was. And you know what it is? Emerson is just a little gung ho to to make the play. And if you look at it, if you look at the Iguain play, he timed the actual cut very, very well. But Emerson's mind, it's like it goes a, a thousand miles per yes. hour. Yeah, it's like, it dude, right. just wait for the ball to, to leave his foot. But man, that guy, he's as he gets older. He will learn to play with a lot more composure. But as of right sure. now, man, he's just pedal to the no, metal. He's on, a, and, he's on a thousand miles. And but it worked this time. I mean, that was, I mean, I think that was offside. It Do looks very Obviously close. Mm. It looks very close, and maybe it looks close because he is so fast. You know, he <sighs> if you notice, maybe. if you notice, he takes long <laughs> strides. <laughs> well, no, but they paused it. They paused it. They paused it All after right. the pass. But if you he he takes look at very the pass. long look strides. Look at the pass. It's right there. All right. Look at that. Look look at the further look at the furthest defender on the screen. He's there with the furthest defender. 
Um, the pass you know is what? already in route. It wasn't offside. Um, and you ha- I believe you have the linesman right on the right on the line too. Yeah, I, I suppose. Look, I mean, I'm not complaining about it. I thought it was offside. I thought it was a makeup call because they took away the Iguain one earlier. Regardless, I wonder, I wonder if, that didn't, if, if that didn't count, they better have fixed that Iguain one before. Regardless, we scored like five goals anyway, or we should have had like five goals, like you predicted yeah. somehow. So by far, I thought the most complete game we've played, although we were down 2-0, I think the fact that Charlie went very defensive and they weren't pressuring us as much in uh, or trying to score as much in the second half, it gave us a lot of possession, gave us a lot more opportunities. If I was a Charlotte fan, I'd be very upset with that strategy going into the second half. But it worked out for us, obviously. Now, I do have a question for you. I mean, look at that. I, I just want you to take a look before you got the question. Right there, the pass is already in route, off the foot. And look at the linesman. The linesman's on the line with them. Hey, look, you don't have to convince me. You tell me that it's onside. I'm happy. I think it was offside. But, again, it's a makeup call. That equine one was not offside. So, regardless, you got to give it to us. We yes. earned this W because yes. we dominated this game. Yes. It but was I do a, have a, a question for you. Sure. We now have... 22 goals on the season 22 goals in 20 games yeah out of those 22 goals nine of them almost have come from substitutions oh that's great do you think that it's phil neville making the right moves kind of reading how the game is going and putting in the right players at the right time or do you think he should have some of these players playing more minutes because i'm not sure like I, I want it, I want to believe that it's that he's reading the game and he knows what moves to make late in games. But at the same time, like, but man, that's all. We are not doing anything in the first half, apparently. The majority of our offense is always in the second half. The cardiac herons. Well, I, and I feel like the people that he brings in, especially, are people that work well on, on pace. They work very fast. And... I think for sure when people get tired, uh, you know, the opponent gets tired, it's to the to the benefit of us that we're putting in all of these guys with hell hell, hell of a pace. Um, look, I think I think bringing in Iguain in the second half, the only thing that you're benefiting from that is you're benefiting better shot selection, shot taking. So okay. I think that Iguain should come in as fully fresh as possible. I wish and I hope that the team can be able to incorporate a two-striker sort of deal. Um, I don't know if that's going to be effective or not. I feel like it can be, especially with the addition of Pozuelo. Um, and keep some of the other guys like Vasilev. Like, uh, I mean, we got Lasseter that's coming back, hopefully. Um, you still got pace. You still got people that can be able to to take a shot and score off the bench. And I yeah. think he's making the right moves. I really do. I think a lot of people earlier in the year were taking a lot of credit from Phil Neville, and I really think that he is a fantastic soccer mind. I mean, he has a team going in the right direction. Even though we've had a couple of rough losses in the last couple of weeks, I feel like he's gotten a lot out of this team. When Lasseter comes back, it's going to help. And in this game alone, in the second half, he kind of made he kind of um, he kind of brought everybody into the midfield 
right? And he had just Yedlin and Gibbs running out in the wings. Yeah. But for the most part, everybody was playing the ball up the middle. Now that Pozuelo's there with Bryce Duke, because once Bryce Duke came in and he's playing alongside Pozuelo, you have players to play off of each other and feed Higuain in the box. And yeah. I think that he's going to be doing that a lot more often. I think you might see – I originally thought that Bryce Duke might lose minutes, but I think we might see Bryce Duke and Pozuelo playing together a lot more. I really think so. I mean, look, and Bryce Duke's got a lot to learn from Pozuelo. And if there's anybody that he should be learning from, I, I was watching an interview with him where he was stating that he was trying to learn stuff from Higuain. Listen, buddy, you're learning from the wrong guy. That guy's a striker, a hell of a striker, and you're nowhere near that. You're no, a hell of a no. passer. You got to you know, you gotta give Higuain at least – I mean, he's been playing around some of the best in the world. You got to give him something. Oh, yeah. He has the soccer knowledge. Now, one thing I will tell you, Bryce Duke was supposed – he was invited to be part of the Barcelona Academy when he was like 14, 15. Really? He passed it up and he joined LAFC. Bryce Duke has been somebody that, that the big dogs have had an eye on for a while. So he has the potential. And with Pozuelo there, I'm hoping that he's going to reach his potential. Yeah, I, and, and you could see that Bryce Duke has the potential. But the issue is is that like his, his, his timing on shots isn't great. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he has the uh, the offensive confidence. I don't even know if that makes sense, but I feel like yeah, he's does, a, does. he's a very good player in terms of being patient and passing the ball and making the right plays. But obviously, he's, he has a lot to learn. I mean, he's not going to play like Pozuelo from night to day, um, but definitely having Pozuelo is going to help him in terms of where he's trying to guide himself towards. All right, well, now... We got this and you, beautiful victory. Huh, go ahead. Well, you, you mentioned something about Campana being injured. That's not something yes. that I really caught. I mean, what is it that you saw? Because you mentioned something about two yellow suspensions. Okay, so a couple of things. Bryce Duke and Damian Lowe both got yellow cards. They reached their limit, and they will now be suspended for one game, this upcoming game against NYCFC. Oh, wow. All right? So we do not have Bryce Duke and we do not have Damian Lowe coming up against the defending champs. Campana wasn't playing last night against Barcelona, but he was at the stadium. He did take a couple pictures. And when those pictures surfaced, you see him wearing a brace on his right leg. Ooh. So he has a brace on that knee. Now, how serious that injury is, I don't know. It's obviously some type of injury for you to be wearing a, a brace. Do we need him against the defending champs NYCFC? Most definitely. And now with that said, I guess it's the best time to put up the standings. After this victory, we are now in ninth place. We're right behind Charlotte. We're not that far off of Cincinnati, which is in seventh place. So this game coming up is big time. But if you look at the very top of the standings, those defending champs, NYCFC, are in second place. Yeah, They have the most wins in the league. They have 11 wins. Now... Before we get into the stats for NYCFC, their best player, Tati Castellanos, he won the Golden Boot last year. This year, he's leading the leading goals. He has 13 goals in 16 games. Mm. Okay? But he's about to transfer to Spain. I thought last week he had played his last game for NYCFC. I was relieved because that is their offense. Yeah. As as it turns out, he's about to have a farewell game. Oh man, that sucks, dude. 
he's gonna play my understanding my understanding from nycfc people that i know is that he is gonna play one more game and it's gonna be this saturday against inter miami mm. so that puts a lot of uh doubt in me that this game is gonna go our way for a few reasons one you know he's gonna play his heart out oh yeah Two, for sure. he's, he's a baller there's no no if ands or buts about it 13 goals in 16 games last year's golden boot winner he is a baller okay and nycfc play in like a in like a playground field it's it's smaller than most regulation fields so i feel like they're always at an wow. advantage because because they're playing in this little tiny field and i feel like it might take other players time to adjust to not having as wide of a field to play on Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. I thought it was like basketball, regulation size all over. No, they play in Yankee Stadium. That team, look, NYCFC, yes, they were the champs last year. And I'm not going to get too far into bashing them, but they made it because on the Eastern Conference Finals, they played against the best team in the league, which is Philadelphia. But literally, they had like nine out of their 11 starters go down with COVID. So they played against a B team, and they still had to go and win late in the game because basically Philadelphia had a chance to win the game, even with their B squad. Even with their so, B squad, yeah. wow. So, yes, NYCFC technically champions. I think it's a, a, a championship with an asterisk because they wouldn't have made it to the final if it wasn't for COVID. But, I mean, we're not here to talk about that, I guess. I mean, I hope I hope that at least we can walk away with a tie. Um, I'm... Uh, I, I think, look, I want to win. Obviously, we need it for the standings. Oh, yeah, for sure. But when you go on the road against the second-best team in the East, if you can go come away with at least a draw, that is, that's acceptable. It's okay. It, it's not bad. We do not want to go there and drop points. Right now, we have to get every point we can. Yeah, and especially to be able to break into the top seven. I mean, you're talking about being able to – uh, at this point, with a couple losses, you know, uh, on the rest of the week, you're talking about possibly creeping into the top seven in terms of yeah. uh, the standings. If we could, if we manage I'm, I'm to, to pull out, if we manage to pull out a win, we'll be in pretty good shape because Charlotte, as of right now, is only one point ahead of us, and Cincinnati is two points ahead of us. So it's if let's say hypothetically, if Cincinnati and Charlotte both lose. And we were to manage to get a victory against NYCFC. We are now in seventh split with the seventh place, and that's what we want. We want to be in that playoff spot. Well, I really hope that there's going to be a good showing, um, and and not only just for the sake of Inter Miami, but um, if Campana is really injured. And now that you mentioned that, I do remember when I was watching the game uh, that there was a point where I did see him favor his knee, and it in was the first half. Yeah, it was in the first half. It was after his attempt on goal where he did like some sort of a helicopter kick after. It was a play after that where I did see that he favored his knee. I think it might have came before uh, Inter-Miami corner. So he might have actually gotten injured on that play. Um, this is an actually true. This is actually a true test to seeing how maybe Iguain can be able to kind of sort of take over the reins back uh in regards to to the to the injury with campana um well, that's why you when you mentioned earlier how 
how much Iguain is going to benefit from Pozuelo, this is when it needs to show. Because oh, yeah. without Campana there to play the first 60 minutes, I think we're going to rely heavily on Iguain being productive. And yeah. if he, if Iguain scores a goal this game, I promise you, next episode, I'm showing up with the I'm sorry Gonzalo shirt. I'll yeah, rock it yeah. to July 30th next game because I will be so happy that he is proving me wrong yeah. because I have been one of the most negative people on Iguain since he arrived here. But as, as of right now, the last two games coming on as a subs, two goals, should have had two just last game. Yeah. Prove me wrong, Gonzalo. Please, I beg you. And I, I really hope for the good showing. And and you know what's funny is that uh, I thought, and just touching on the on the Barca game, I thought that Noah Allen came in and played hell of a defense when he saw the field uh, and against some big time players. And that's one player that I've actually been missing a lot. You know, they brought in Gibbs also into the game. They they flow Gibbs around, but this guy Noah Allen, man, he plays very tenacious. He plays without any shame in his game. He really goes after it. And yeah, so that's I like one, Noah Allen. Yeah, that's one player that I think defensively would be super super important to bring back uh with more minutes. I think that they didn't play him because he was playing uh for the U.S. team, uh, mm-hmm. re- representing the U.S. team heavily. So uh, I look forward to that for sure. I, I'm i going to see if I can be able to break open a prediction here. So well, before, I'm gonna before go, you predict, yeah. look, well, how, how did you think they looked against Philadelphia? Philadelphia, we said, had the best defense. Yeah. If you look, NYCFC have allowed the second least goals in the league. Now. So they are definitely a good defensive team. Now, who has the most goals? Oh, NYC is third place. So yeah. it's no secret that NYCFC is one of the best teams in the league. Now I want to hear your prediction. So my prediction is going to be uh, going to get a goal from Iguain for sure. Okay. I think we may be getting a goal from Pozuelo. Okay. Yeah, and um, I think that's about it. I think we might get two goals in this game. Um, I'm not gonna go with Emerson because I feel like uh, I feel like I might be pushing my luck with him, so I want to reserve okay. him for like a home game. Um, All right. But I feel like Pozuelo and Iguain could be able to get us two goals, and and it may be enough to get the win. Uh, quite possibly the tie. Um, hopefully the win for sure. Okay. So you're going win two what two two zero two one two one two one two one, two one. okay all right now NYCFC also has the most clean sheets in the league they have ten clean sheets yeah meaning they don't get scored on very much Sean yeah. Johnson is a great goalie I want to predict the victory I don't see it especially now that I know Tati's going to play his farewell game mm. and. I will tell you, NYCFC have taken by far the most penalty kicks this season. Oh, man. So, so what do I see? Damian Lowe is out. He's not going to play this game. So we're going to have Mabika back there probably with Sailor. Mabika with his size 18 foot playing against, playing against the team that draws the most penalty kicks. I see NYCFC scoring one goal off penalty. And that's going to be Tati's farewell goal. 
They're going to celebrate it. And they're going to take pictures of that scrub and all that other good stuff. And that's his farewell. Get the fuck out of here. We're going to score one goal. I think it's going to be Pozuelo. I think he gets his first goal because he plays very well against NYCFC. If you look back at his games with Toronto, he always yeah. played pretty well whenever he played against NYCFC in that stupid tiny little stadium park thing that they have in Yankee Stadium. I think we end this game 1-1, one goal from Pozuelo, one goal from the spot from Tati, and we go home with the draw. We get one point. That's my prediction. That's not a bad prediction. I mean, I could definitely see something like that. I, I mean, look, I'm just hoping that over the next, you know, uh, couple games that we can be able to 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 rack up some points, not just in in terms of winning. I mean, of course, I'd like to win as many as possible, but we it's like you said, we need to start gathering points, and there's no better time than now. I mean, we got New York City FC. Um, we also got uh, Cincinnati. Uh, they're also going to be playing. That's a, that's a big-time game. And that's a yeah. big-time game because they're ahead of us in the standings. So if we can beat Cincinnati, you're basically just jumping over them to get to where we need to be. Because right now, Cincinnati is in seventh place. Yeah. So if well, we can salvage one point, and hopefully Cincinnati loses or gets one point themselves, then we play them. And that is a big time game. Is that the July thirtieth game? Yes, that is the July thirtieth game. Yep. Is that the is that the game that I'm supposed to be wearing my sorry Gonzalo shirt? Because that I will would wear be it. that That's would it. be the the sorry the sorry Gonzalo shirt. Uh, we're gonna start a hashtag. I'm sorry Gonzalo, or should we yeah, say I'm sorry is. Pipa? We have to we have to come to terms with. Is it I'm sorry Iguain? I'm sorry Gonzalo. I'm sorry Pipa. Whatever works. I am sorry if you score a goal against NYCFC this weekend. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's hope that that happens. I'm really hoping it happens. I do want to see you in that shirt, by the way. Uh, I'll, I'm dying I'll see to wear it. it. I'll see if I wear a shirt that says uh, Emerson. I, right. I predicted oh. three goals. You know, and I got three Both. points. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice for sure. <laughs> there for you sure. go. Well, and, and before we get off, uh, I do want to say NYCFC. It's a shitty team. I don't care if they're good in the standings. They don't have a real soccer field. They've been in the league for seven years. They still can't get a stadium. We've been in the league three years. We're going to have two stadiums by the time we're on the year number five, so they can go ahead and suck it. A big one. Big X, like Wilson says. That's it. <laughs> All right, and with that, I guess we are wrapping up episode number five. We'll come back. Hopefully, Ben's with us because I don't know where that guy's at. Um, but it's been a pleasure, sir. I hope that you are money on the predictions again because last time you were money and I was laughing at you and I got to take it back. You were correct, kind of. You didn't get three goals, but you got three points. I'll take that any day. And maybe you're going to be right again. Maybe we'll get a W. I hope so. Maybe we'll get a hashtag super bonehead to make a goal at the end. Let's hope so. Super bonehead. There we go. (laughs) All right. Fuck NYCFC and we'll catch you guys next week. Later.